0: Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, Darren and I kind of rap about what is Vegas, why you should go, and why we like it. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McCain. If you've been following the recent releases of the podcast, you'll realize that there's a gap this month, or last month. January, Kind of like a blackout period, right? Exactly. It was planned the whole time. Well, CES was planned. And so was my Vegas trip. Yeah. What was it? Right after CES you went there? Yeah. Like literally the day after. Talk about bad timing. Well, it's not really bad timing if you went for, say, AVN. That is true. Which... I didn't. You didn't go there for AVN? In fact, I was there to celebrate a good friend's 40th anniversary, which is, you know, just a great excuse to go to Vegas, honestly. But it was his anniversary of his birth or anniversary of something else? No, his 40th uh, birthday. Yeah, so birthday. Exactly. The good news is when you follow CES and to some extent AVN, which is a little bit less of a draw, it's pretty easy to get into everything that you want to see. Yeah, that's very true, because everybody is somewhere else. Exactly. Now, when I came back from CES, I got myself a nasty head cold, which you can't record the podcast when you're kind of, like, stuffed up and stuff. So, um, it was a. we would have needed to take a break anyway. Ironically, Vegas made me sick also, although I have a hard time knowing if I should blame Vegas or blame my poor children for bringing it home from, you know— there's cool yeah those germ sponges or something exactly in fact i spent two of my four and a half days in vegas so sick i had to medicate with vodka-based drinks well (laughs) and uh you know let's over-the-counter drugs yeah let's uh let's put this in context this is vegas so i think you're allowed to do that especially if you're sitting at the gaming tables and uh a girl comes up and says hey would you like something to drink i'm like uh yeah give me this So some of you know that Dennis attends CES religiously every year. Yeah, I try. And some of you may also know that I attend Vegas religiously every year and miss CES. And I've been trying to convince him to go, but then he'd be going to Vegas twice, and that would be bad, I guess. Yeah, and it tends to happen within about 60 days of each other, which is just difficult (laughs) on the budget in general. But I thought since we both go to Vegas a lot, it might be fun just to talk about Vegas without talking so much about the hardware. Okay. Yeah. So let's see. Going to Vegas, you need basically a, a small set of things. You need to have clothes. Clothes. Deodorant. Toothpaste. All of which can be purchased in Vegas at a nominal price. Yeah, slightly elevated. But yeah, every one of the resort hotels has a, like a commissary. Exactly. So if you forget something, you can go down and pick up toothbrush. Um, If you forget your clothes, you can go clothes shopping. Uh, The forum shops I hear are actually pretty nice for very, very overpriced clothes. Exactly. And in fact, I purchased myself with a little bit of goading from my lovely wife, some very, very expensive clothing at the Northern Factory Outlets. Some call them the fashion outlets. There's two of them, I believe, and they are on opposite ends of the strip. Very conveniently bookending it, but making it difficult to make a side trip to something like, say, Fries. Even though you drive past it. Or take the bus past it. Oh, the bus. So, no, not the bus. Someday. It beats walking. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Fries, I got to finally go inside of a Fries oh. in, in Vegas. Um, I've had uh, several coworkers that have come up from California. And I guess fries is huge in California. So let the record show that here in Idaho, if you want to buy computer hardware, you're stuck at a mom-and-pop shop and whatever tiny bit of inventory they might have at overpriced prices, yeah. or where do you go? Um, Best Buy? <laughs> <laughs> it's painful. Needless to say, we've become experts at online shopping, as I'm sure you've gathered over the years. Yes. Newegg is our friend. So, um, actually, yeah, what was it? Five years ago, there was. You had CompUSA. True. You had Ultimate Electronics. Yeah. You had Best Buy. Yeah. You had Staples, which, Mm. yeah, you could kind of get stuff at Staples. Very little. Almost a mom and pop selection. Well, yeah, but you could get cameras there. Well, some really good cameras there. Printers and that sort of office supply stuff. Right. Well, maybe. No, I'm thinking of. uh, Circuit City. Oh, yeah. Circuit City. Circuit City. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all of those stores were where you could actually buy computer gear. CompUSA was probably one of the the biggest ones. But toward the end, when they were getting ready to shut down and go bankrupt or whatever they were doing, um, they stocked the stuff that sold and basically got rid of all the stuff that made it cool. Well, let's talk about what really killed these folks off because you could probably narrow it down to Newegg. Yeah, online shopping, Mm -hmm. which is why we're experts. Exactly. Now, in Vegas, I finally got to walk into a Fry's. And Fry's is um, basically one of the attendants told me that, well, if you think of Best Buy, multiply it by (laughs) 5,000, which I'm going to say is pretty accurate because I could go in there, I could buy a GTX 780 Ti, for instance. Right. It was $700, but I could buy it. I could buy any number of 40 motherboards that they had nailed to the wall. Mm -hmm. I could buy any processor I wanted. I could buy components and breadboards to build a circuit. So if you're not near a Fry, you might be familiar with the other mecca for us custom built geeks, and that is Micro Center. Micro Center, yeah, that's on the East Coast for the most part. Yeah, so Fry's is sort of like a Home Depot sized Micro Center. Yeah, yeah yeah uh, well you can buy chairs you can buy desks they had a coffee shop in the middle they had a huge section for books they had videos um oh, in the back they they had an entire wall dedicated to custom dvds oh i gotta have a fries i gotta have one yeah yeah well it'd be nice if they had one closer than vegas so ironically yeah i look forward to going to vegas not to gamble but to see stuff to see stuff and to shop Yeah. Which is sort of like the geek girl in me coming out. Uh Uh-oh. So speaking of sights to see in Vegas, um, recently Mass Man made it to the U.S. for the very, very first time. Oh, yeah. And he hung out um, in Vegas for a week and a couple of days, and then he spent a weekend in the Ninjalene Labs, and I showed him around Boise Meridian area, which is mid-sized America. But it's not plastic like Vegas. So there are more people, I know this is true, in Clark County, which is the center of Las Vegas, including the strip, than there are in the entire state of Idaho. Yeah, that's uh, pretty amazing. So speaking of, he had asked me, you know, because he was planning his trip. it's like, well, I'm stuck in Vegas for a couple of, you know, basically the weekend. What can I do? And I'm thinking to myself, well, you can go to the Grand Canyon. You could go around to all the resort hotels, check out the different sites, you know, the lions at MGM grand, you could check out the Eiffel tower at Paris. You could check out the sharks at Mandalay Bay. All of those things were basically Vegas attractions. Sure. And then you got the shows. You have all the shows. The problem with the shows and the problem with the grand Canyon tour and the problem with really anything in Vegas, it kind of costs a lot to see any of that stuff. Oh, my gosh. And it has gone up remarkably over the years. Well, they have to make their money somehow, right? Very true. And I've noticed that really less people are gambling because the trend in the United States and maybe the world in general is to legalize gambling in various forms. So, really, Vegas isn't the only place you can go to throw some money in a machine. True. We can drive... Um, what's it five hours to Shoshone five hours to Shoshone or just under two hours to mighty jackpot yeah but that's still Nevada well that's true now uh for those of you that don't know what Shoshone is that's uh Indian reservation that's right and uh since you know early in the birth of America we tried to get rid of some of the Indians but they didn't all go away and (laughs) they kind of wanted their land back and it's like okay yeah you can have your land back and um they aren't bound by U.S. law because of that. So they can set up gambling establishments and make a whole buttload of money. And, in fact, if there was more population in Idaho, there'd probably be more Indian casinos because I know there are some little kind of hole-in-the-wall ones across the southern end of the state. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, the big one is right outside of Lewiston, which I think is the Shoshone one I was mm-hmm. thinking of. But, um, yeah, that place has grown. It's like a little mini Vegas. Ah, uh, so Vegas, not necessarily the best place to go to gamble. Nope, but you can definitely do it. Um, I would say try to avoid the big hotels if you want to try to save your money. I always try to spin the roulette wheel at least once. Bet yeah. on red. I always bet on red. Um, people say bet on black, but you know, every time I bet on red, I either lose or win. So I have a different gambling strategy in that My plan is to try to gamble at about the same rate I get free drinks. That's a very important point. Because why do they bring you free drinks? To keep you gambling. And why do you want to keep gambling? To get the free drinks. Seems like a vicious circle. And because drinking in Vegas can get very expensive... Free drinks is a good thing. So if you figure I'm spending about the same amount of money on the tables or in the machines as I would buying drinks it's not a bad investment for the people watching or the shows or the cheap entertainment. Right. And they've also brought a little bit of entertainment to the gambling floor because in some hotels, casinos, if you will, you walk like Aria, for instance, right? You walk into the, to the gambling floor there and it's kind of snakes around the bottom part, you know, the gambling floor in Aria, right? Black carpet. So it makes it look really dark and they, try to walk you around to the different tables so you can see everything that's happening very much so that is a change from the way that old vegas was where it was like you entered and then basically had this mecca of tables that you could choose from and you'd have to walk by some of them walk around some of them it you know the the new way is they push you around try and get you to gamble instead of like you're here to gamble pick the one you want and that's what you go for yeah, that's true. And it's a smaller casino, although that's not saying much because it's pretty massive. Yeah, it's huge. But what you haven't mentioned also is there's almost always some form of live entertainment going, nearly 24 hours. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of getting at. They um, At Excalibur, for instance, they have um, what they call the Pleasure Pit, where they, on for like 20 minutes out of the hour, they bring out girls to go and dance on the pole. Mm -hmm. And then they have like three of them, a little dance floor going on while you're gambling. So it's like a free show. And that's very common. In fact, this trip, I stayed at planet Hollywood for the first time. They have a lot of them there and they have, yeah, now it doesn't run all day, but I think from about six o'clock on, they have dancers just everywhere. There are tables. Do they still, um, if I remember right, planet Hollywood also has all female dealers. That's not as true as it used to be, but they do have areas that are all female. Right. And I think I think theirs might be called pleasure pit too. Yeah. And they kinda dress up in uh, leather lingerie sort of mm-hmm. things. And they have a um a restaurant lounge in the center that's called the, the Heart Lounge that's in a similar theme. Yeah. So Pine Hollywood, if you want to see the girls, that's where to go. Um I always try to walk through there at least once just to kind of see what has changed. But with this particular trip, I didn't get to do that, which was unfortunate for me. So our first time staying in Planet Hollywood, and I really enjoyed it. The room was more spacious than some of the places I've stayed. And I've stayed at a lot of the different casinos, Mm -hmm. cost-wise, very comparable. But to be fair, I tend to take the opinion that I'm not going to spend a lot of time in my room not sleeping, So I tend to look for the best package deal. And that's how we ended up there. They had actually a really great package. Hmm, Cool. Some of the hotel casinos when I stayed there, like for instance, um, my first Comdex in Vegas, I stayed at the Tropicana. Oh. Tropicana had no internet service. That's no good. Well, this was 10 some years ago. Well, at the time they weren't going to provide internet service because they didn't want you to be in your room. Sure, They wanted you out shopping, out gambling, out doing something. Nowadays, it's, you know, people don't get a room unless they get internet service. Very true. to Hollywood, you paid a, quote, resort fee that included a lot of different things, including internet for a single device in your room. Right, but then some of them actually still charge you for the internet and the resort fee. I've seen that. And more interestingly... There is no Wi-Fi on the floor of the casino. That's not surprising, but also not new. But the casinos want to also minimize people cheating. True, And so, you know, in some cases, you can't get a cell service in the casino. That's true also. And, of course, they don't want you answering the phone or doing anything that looks like you might be taking a picture for obvious reasons. Yeah, they get... Well, you go to the downtown... Um, casinos, um, it's a little bit cheaper to gamble there and they say that it pays out better, you know, just as an attraction to get people to come down there. Right. The one time I went to Fremont street, which is downtown, the golden nugget is right there off of Fremont. Oh yeah. And I walked in and it was basically standing room only. There was nowhere to sit to play at a table and, um, I was walking along and no joke. Um, I just stopped cause I wanted to watch some of the action at a table and I had two security guards on either side of me looking at me. And make sure you're not causing trouble. Right. And it's like I had my hands in my pocket and that was probably one of the things. Uh-oh. But yeah, I was like, you know, hands in pocket. I wasn't going to touch anybody. I was just standing there. I was looking at the table and I moved back and forth just to kind of see what the, the dealer was doing. I wanted to see if, what kind of game they were playing, who was winning, stuff like that. You are a bit of a suspicious looking character. It's good that we're on the radio or or the podcast, if you will. (laughs) Well, it's kind of radio. (laughs) But yeah, um, speaking of like cheating and stuff, it's like, well, I was a stray in a place where I shouldn't have been. If I was going to gamble, I needed to be at the table. And the security guards were just there to make sure I wasn't going to try to send signals to somebody or count the cards or look at other people's hands or something. Yeah, I understand that yeah so and in some of the big resort casinos like you know bellagio for instance Mm -hmm. you can stand and watch people all day nobody's going to do anything about it so let me ask you favorite casino to stay in Ooh, to stay in um it's a bad question to ask me because i have only stayed in five different casino hotels that's a good sample well it is a good sample um I've always liked the Tropicana. Tropicana. Um, And I'm going to say that because it's the one that I stayed at the most. It is also one of the only casinos on the Strip that is still in flavor of the old style. Uh, That is very true. So it's very classy. Although they've gone through a lot of renovations the past two years. They've kind of turned it into a South Beach sort of feel. So everything's kind of white marble. Um, They took out a lot of the bamboo, which was part of Tropicana before. Right. Um, they've really updated the cabanas and that overlook the quad on the inside because there is a huge pool in the uh-huh. Tropicana because it's kind of like a it's a resort and they want to make it a resort so that you feel like you are on a beach or something like that in the summertime. And the cabanas actually have sliding glass doors that look out on top of the of the um, the pool, so it's kind of like a big party. Those used to be like the super cheap rooms. Now they're like four hundred dollars a night oh wow but they're a lot nicer and they have instant access well i'm very remodeled it's a pretty good central location which makes a big difference yeah uh it's surrounded by a bunch of scum um you know you walk across some of the footbridges, and you run into homeless people trying to get your money or some uh, drunk druggy person is trying to get you to drink from their glass i'm like uh no um they have the the rapper scams oh geez that 's new yeah i don 't don 't like those at all, um, and then, of course, if you 're out past normal time and you 're walking around, you get drug dealers coming to try to sell you something or try to mug you, and yeah you got to watch yourself well, Vegas definitely can get a little seedy after dark, yeah, that's if true. you wander off the beaten path, but that 's true a lot of places I mean you know, look at like Rio for example, at least in Vegas you 're not likely to get assaulted. As much as, you know, CASI Las Vegas would like you to think otherwise. And no offense to Rio because I definitely still want to go there. I think I want to go there too, actually, now that I think about it. Not with you, though. <laughs> but, uh, uh see, one of uh, my second favorite, I, I just want to put this in here because it's a new one that I stayed at. It's called South Point. Oh. And it's a, uh, it's called South Point because it's south of the Strip. It's still on Las, Las Vegas Boulevard. Right. But it's out past you know the normal thing so it's its own little resort i want to say it's kind of the like the retirement home of of uh, resort casinos but the gambling there was huge i mean if you go down there after dinner it's packed yeah and i haven't been there so i'll have to put that to my list yeah and supposedly at midnight they have midnight prime rib for like two bucks or something Ooh, now that's attractive yeah so i'd come back from like an after party and walking by and that restaurant where it was completely packed and there was a line of people trying to get in so i already mentioned that planet hollywood was probably my new favorite so having covered that where's your best place to drop a few bucks what's the best gambling location Ooh, let's see i um again i like the tropicana at the time that I gambled there, it was relatively inexpensive. Right. So you know you could make forty dollars last for quite a while. Wow, and that is impressive. Um, probably my second favorite would be Bellagio. Oh, ironic, because Bellagio might be my top pick. Yeah, it's the the atmosphere of at the Bellagio is really really nice. I like the fact that they have their that little smoking lounge like right in the middle. Right. And you can go there and order like a bottle of port, which would be like two or 300 bucks and sit down there and get a cigar. If you're in the smoking, or you could sit on the edge and not. But, um, the one thing that I like about Bellagio too, is that that is one of the locations for the world series of poker. So you can see sometimes the pros there, if your timing is right and the tables there tend to be a little bit higher, although it can be more expensive to gamble there. Yeah. That anytime you get like a name brand hotel, you're going to, to spend a lot more. Like for instance, when I was gambling at, um, Tropicana, you know, I played the roulette wheel, right? The minimum bet at Tropicana was 10 bucks. So I could drop a 20 and get two chips and basically bet the outside and I could do pretty well. So I have to come clean that Bellagio is probably my favorite place because of how nice it is. But I actually do probably the best at the Paris. You know, I've never actually seen the gambling, um, floor at Paris. They have a really nice food court that kind of looks like the streets of Paris. <laughs> they do. In fact, their walk is probably one of my favorite places to go eat while I'm there. And I go to Vegas to see the shows, but I also go there to eat. I'm actually uh, a bit of a connoisseur in a sense that I like to go to nicer places to eat. That's a vacation destination for me. And they have the best creperie there. Crepes are, uh, they're actually really nice and they're hard to make. They are. So, you know, you find a, a creperie, if you find a good one, you always go back to it, that's for sure. I kind of get the impression it's a bit like an espresso. If you're good at making espresso, then you're always going to be good at it, and your poor friends will take advantage. And the same is kind of true of crepes. Either you're good at them, or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one thing I like about Paris, they serve Pepsi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, a lot of the casinos on the Strip are serving Pepsi over Coke these days, which... I don't know if that is a, a current trend or that somebody really likes Vegas and wants to, you know, they were doing good with their sales or something. I am not Well, this last trip, I had a very unusual trip in that I actually came out of every casino ahead, which never happens. No, that never happens. You don't want to say that either because someone's probably going to mug you and take I know, your money. Odd. Now, to be fair, I didn't really gamble a lot. So when I say I came out ahead, it was maybe you know, 60, 80 bucks tops. Yeah. But that is so unusual. I figured I'd make a note of it. My lovely wife, who's more of a gambler, did not share that little trait this trip. So overall on the trip, we paid to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they say that unless you uh, don't lose money in Vegas, you didn't actually stay in Vegas. Yeah, you don't go there to make money. And if you do, you're certainly doing something different than I am. Where right. there's some sort of pro, which is, you know, that's a different world. And we should be fair. If you do win big in Vegas, you still have to pay your American taxes. You still have to go to the cage. And then if you, it's over a certain amount, they I go. Think 2000 actually. Yeah. It, if you win, yeah, like 2000 mm-hmm. They will give you your money, but it's usually on a slip that you redeem after you filled out your W whatever. Very true. Because they want their piece. And by law, they're required to. Yeah. So... The um, winning 60 bucks, you can usually walk in and walk out. Mm -hmm. But if you win big, then, you know, you kind of have to answer, which is, you know, that's true of any sort of a gambling establishment. So I mentioned I like to do the shows. So favorite show? Maybe. I'm not much of a show person, but not to say I didn't want to go. So I like the shows, and I've seen a lot of them. That's where I drop the majority of my money because the average show down there is going to be over 100 bucks a seat. Sometimes more. In fact, this time, I went to see maybe the granddaddy of all shows, the Cirque du Soleil. Oh. Yeah, that's the water one, right? That is. And it's, I'm told, the biggest one. I've seen a couple of them, and it's definitely the biggest I've seen. But we paid over $200 a seat. Yeah. And how long was the show? It was pretty good. Probably an hour and a half with no intermission. So I'm not complaining about that. In fact, I'd tell you there was more to see then you could take in in one show, which is the mark of a successful show and something that Cirque du Soleil does very well. Right. Well, and it's patterned after a circus, so more than one thing is going on at a time, right? Absolutely. And because the show has height and depth and also the water element, um, there's stuff in the foreground, stuff in the background, stuff above the stage, and stuff in the water going on. And it is almost sensory overload at some points, but they do a nice balancing job. Um, I would definitely recommend it, although I have to be fair, at the price that we spent, I would probably not go back to it anytime soon, having seen it. Right. So speaking of times to go to Vegas, um, I've been there in, in the summer, and I've been there in the winter. Yes, and I have too. And I've golfed in the winter, but winter in Vegas is like 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Beautiful. In fact, after the balmy high 20s that we have here in Idaho this time of year, it felt like shorts weather to be down there in the mid 60s. Yeah. And then you see other people in sweater coats, they're shivering and it's... <laughs> it takes all kinds. Yeah. So would you say that you would like to go in the spring, summer or fall, winter? That's an interesting thing. And we tend to go in the spring traditionally, uh, mostly because it seems to work out best with work. But I have gone in the summer. In fact, I was there in July one year, and I can tell you that it was not my favorite thing because the temperature was... 100 plus, right? Yeah, about 110, 112 degrees, and in fact, the trip we were there, there were thunderstorms in 100 plus degrees. Oh. Yeah, nothing worse than a sweaty 100 degrees. I should tell you, though, that because of that trip, I discovered that they have actually a really amazing water park just off the strip. One of the larger water parks in the nation. I'm trying to place where that is. I'm not sure right now. Yeah, it's um on the north end. You could walk to it probably from Sahara going south. Uh, we, uh, we Oh, so, yeah, you got to walk through the scummy area. Yeah, and, in fact, I would cab to it, but it was very interesting. Although, to be fair, we went to the water park on a whim because we hadn't done so well, so we figured it would be cheaper to spend some time <laughs> there. And, unfortunately, they closed due to the thunderstorms, so we only spent about uh, four hours in the water park. And I can tell you, I enjoyed it immensely. And it made me wonder how kid-friendly Vegas might be. Well, it's gotten better. I mean, the 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 card flippers or the porn guys are not so prevalent, at least when I was there. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you know, they would be on every corner. Well, and there was a big movement to make Vegas more kid-friendly. Yeah. And as an example, Treasure Island, which is... Uh, very centrally located, had a free kid friendly show for the longest time. And only very recently have they abandoned that and moved back to, uh, the sirens of Treasure Island. Theme. Yeah. And that's always a, f- cause that's a dinner show. Yes. And that's actually one of the main attractions, you know, and, um, actually, what was it? It was the sands. No, not the sands. Sans is the one that's more of a NASCAR theme. And in fact, they just changed. We didn't go this trip, but I heard that that they've done a total remake. Yeah. Well, all all of them are doing remakes. Right. But this was like during the the corporate takeover of Vegas. They used the the pirate boat to Treasure Island to fire cannons at one of the other hotels right Ah. before they imploded (laughs) it. So, I mean, there's entertainment value at any time during Vegas. You know, you can go in the summertime, you can go in the wintertime. You know, if you want to gamble, if you want to sightsee, Mm -hmm. um, shopping, fabulous, especially if you're coming from a smaller market. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those places where you kind of have to go just because I really feel like Vegas is one of those destinations, regardless of where you are in the world, you need to visit it at least once in your life because there really isn't anything like it. A lot of places try, but none of them have captured that same Vegas feel. Well, they've tried in Macau, and I think, you know, since we've both been to Vegas, we're going to have to make a trip to Macau and just kind of see, like, what the Hong Kong version of the Venetian looks like. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard that. And Dubai also attempting it, although. Yeah. Although Dubai would be a little dangerous for us, I think. Not quite the same. No. Well, if you have any questions about Vegas, um, I say check the Internet, or you can email us at podcastathardwarsound.com. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes. If you have questions, drop by the forums or email us at podcast at ninjalane.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Lane by subscribing to our RSS, now available on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, or join us on Facebook. This has been a Ninjalane production, copyright 2013. Thanks for listening.